Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing Moon Knight Season 1, Episode 5, Asylum. So let's get into it with the recap. The hippo-headed woman who Stephen identifies as the Egyptian goddess Towerette explains to Mark and Stephen that they are dead and that the hospital is actually inside of a boat sailing through the duat. She weighs their hearts on the scales of justice to determine whether or not they will be allowed to enter the field of reeds and advises them to help each other uncover the hidden memories that cause their imbalance. Stephen sees a memory of Mark's younger brother Randall drowning and Mark's mother blaming him for it, while Mark reveals to Stephen how he became Conchu's avatar while on a mission with his partner. Mark and Stephen convince Tauret to let them return to the living world to stop Arthur Harrow as she steers the boat towards the gates of Osiris. Dr. Harrow convinces Mark that he has to fully open up to Stephen, and Mark reluctantly explains that he has unknowingly created Stephen as the result of their mother's abuse. Mark and Stephen reconcile with each other, but their skills fail to balance, causing hostile spirits to attack them. While fending them off, Stephen is consumed by the duat. The scales are balanced, and Mark finds himself in the field of reeds. That hippo was adorable. I just can't, I mean, like, the the whole, I mean, like, other than the drama and the amazing acting by Oscar Isaac, and we can go into that forever, but, like, the hippo was just adorable. Let's just get that out of the way, right? Like, we have to get that out of the way. And Mark's first thought was, like, let's kill the hippo. (laughs) It's like, no, we're not going to kill the hippo. No, we got to kill the survival mode. Like, I get it. I get it. We're, like, we're all trying to get out of here, and, like, this this adorable god is, is just, like, getting in the way of that, and, like, to steal the boat. I get it. I get it. But the hippo is adorable. That's it. I, I got nothing else to say about this episode. Actually, I got a lot to say about this episode. But um, the important part is the, the hippo is adorable and the mother's fucking crazy. I get it. Pain. He lost the son. Trauma. This whole episode is trauma. This whole... This is a hard episode to even, like... I can't make snarky comments too much. So I'm just get them out of the way now. Because, like, this was a hard episode. Like, this was deep. This was intense. This is how you do an emotional, like, drift-through-the-mind episode in television. <clears throat> Star Trek Picard, you suck. Um, this is how you do that. I'm so glad you brought that up, though. Because it is... It's funny, because we're covering both shows on two different podcasts. But, damn. This is this is how you do a journey into the mind. Yeah, this is how you go into that. And it, it was so beautiful and brilliant. And, like, all the details from, like from the the fact that you could actually connect the the early part of the episode to like maybe he really was there forever and like we got out of that quicker quickly but like this the cerebral going deep dive into his mind and into his trauma and even steven's trauma all of it was so riveting it really is my favorite of this entire season and that's a lot to be said and after isaac really he carried the entire thing like it was him performing against himself most of the time yeah, I mean, I don't have DID and neither do you, but I, I could I could see how something like this could traumatize someone. He essentially created Steven to sort of pretend that his mom wasn't an abusive person. Yeah, it was his way to protect a part of himself and and to have a version of himself, which he later went on to continue protecting, you know, to, to live this good life. So you didn't have to deal with that. So you didn't have to accept that. Not only... Was she abusive? You know, like her death, the the fact that he couldn't be there at the at the funeral, all those things. Like it was hard. I mean, I feel the wor- the, the loser here, the real like person who lost the most is his father. Like hands down, the poor guy. Like he lost everything that day. He not only lost the son, 
but because of the way his wife handled the, all of it, he lost her. And then as a result of that action, lost his other son. Like he has nothing. My heart breaks for this man. And that's the thing. He, he was barely in it, but like my heart literally broke open at some point in the episode for him. You know, watching his son out there across the street, not coming in. It's, oh, it was just so intense. So intense and, and so beautiful. Like, again, it's it's all good, good storytelling. This is how you tell stories. Good writing. Really good performances. Like, we didn't care about the action. In fact, the, my least favorite part of the whole thing was the action sequence at the end. And then we lost Steven. Let's talk about that for a second. I screamed when he fell off the boat. Yeah, me too. And like the fact it was so awesome because it was Steven like being like, all right, I'm going to defend Mark. Like him standing up and fighting something we've rarely seen him do. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I've got this. And he actually did. <laughs> and he went after these guys, you know, to protect Steve, to protect Mark. And it was so amazing to watch Steven do that. Like that was your character moment. And then he went off and turned to sand. Like, oh my God, I screamed, I cried. I, I, I kissed my dignity goodbye. It was all there. Ugh, Steven was the hero this episode. Honestly, Steven has kind of been the hero of the show. Like, he's sort of like the weird, awkward underdog alter. But like, in this episode specifically, he was driving the plot. Yeah, he was. He was completely. It was because it was through Steven that we realized all the damage in Mark's life. Because you didn't know, like when we walked into that room and all the people were dead and we know that Mark killed them all. And then we see the boy, like there's a part of you that's just like, what did Mark do? Oh my God. But like it's through Steven's curiosity and Steven's desire to understand and get to the bottom of all of this to know where his origin was that like really led us, the audience, through this journey. And Mark had to accept it. And that's what balanced Mark's scales out. Um, and my theory, you know, like because at the end, what what's causing the problem? Why are the, the, the scales not balanced? You know, why is it only when Steven is gone are the scales balanced? Is it because, you know, like, it's it's really about Mark and he has to be rid of all of his other personalities. Like, I feel like that's that's not what's going on here. So, I, And I hope not, because if so, it should have been Mark. He should have fallen off the boat. Steven deserves to make it to the Field of Reeds. Team Steven, I get it. I see, Yeah, he deserves the Field of Reeds, definitely. You know, but we haven't touched, touched on that third sarcophagus yet. We haven't dealt with the possibility of a third personality yet. I thought we were going to get that this episode. We did not. We have so much to wrap up in the next episode that I almost wonder if they're going to tease out Jake Lockley or whatever they're going to call the third altar uh, in a post credit scene. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, like, I feel like they have to deal with it sooner than later and they have to come up with a reason why all this stuff is happening. My theory is that, like, Mark created Steven to deal with his pain, right? Like, that was the thing. And I think maybe Steven created Jake. And that's why Mark has no clue about Jake. Mark knows about Steven. But I feel like Steven might have created Jake, so Mark has no idea um, to deal with his lack of assertiveness, the lack of, you know, his inability to deal with his own anger and frustrations kept in. So you have someone like so holding everything inside, what are you going to create? You're going to create like maybe a psychopath like Jake. You know, it just seems there's got to be something. That's why the scales were in balance because Steven wasn't acknowledging that, you know, that you need all three of them fully aware of themselves and then the scales are balanced. That's that's my theory where that's going, but I, I have no idea like where it's actually going. No clue. Do you think Steven's actually dead? No, I don't think he's dead. I think we're gonna get him back. I hope so. I mean, like maybe that's just pure hope. Like, cause I'm I'm hoping that if Khonshu is freed, if Layla, you know, 
if Layla frees Conchu, and where is Layla at this point in time anyway? Like, is this real time? What's happening here? But like, if Layla does free Conchu, then Mark lives again. Maybe Steven gets resurrected by default through that process. I don't know. All those falling souls happening, does that imply that Hera won? I was going to say that sort of implies that time is definitely passing on the mortal plane. Yeah, so we're going to see all that happen in the next episode, probably, from their perspective. We're going back to reality. Um, so we will see. We'll see what happens with that. Like, we got it. We got a... We got a nice reference to Black Panther's ancestral plane, so yeah. Shout out to Wakanda. First, first Marvel, real Marvel like connection. That really raises some interesting questions as to like, so like, are all versions of the afterlife just intersecting planes? Yeah, that's that's what that's what the hippo said. Do you just go to the one you believe in? Yeah, you go to the one that you're def- you're defaulted by. And there's probably there's probably defaulted to this because they have Konshu in their brain. Well, that definitely there's a lot of Konshu there, and plus you die in like a ceremonial like Egyptian temple. I feel like that that's like gateway to there. Yeah, that's true. That's why she was like, no, we haven't had a soul come through here in like, you know like a, forever, because no one's been in in these temples in forever. We had to dust off the old barge. <laughs> but seriously, Oscar Isaac was brilliant. He deserves all the awards for this episode, um, and and just. Ethan Hawke, I mean, playing Harrow, he's still, he's he's kind and gentle and calm and almost likable as the Doctor. Like, I'm really, lo- I just love Ethan Hawke's performance. Even though he looks like Ned Flanders? <laughs> he does have a little Ned Flanders vibe. That was a cute joke. One thing that I did like when we were journeying through the mind, I really appreciated that Stephen called out that Konshu has been manipulating Mark from the beginning. Yeah. Because we know that. It's what we kind of assumed. But, I mean, he really did find Mark at Mark's weakest moment and was like, oh, your brain's broken. You'll be useful. Pretty much, he he manipulated the whole situation in that last minute because we already saw Mark defending the people he was trying to defend before he got shot. And he was going to take his own life because he knew he was going to die. And then, you know, you peak, you, you find him at that moment and that vulnerability and be like, I can help you get revenge on all of that. Of course, Mark's going to say yes. Of course. And now I feel like we're in a situation where if Layla frees Conchu, he's he's getting he's getting what he told Mark he wanted in the first place, which was Layla to be his next avatar. And then there's a situation of whether like is Mark going to come back for the next season and thus like take it back to save Layla and continue being Moon Knight, or are we getting a season of just Layla and that's why Oscar Isaac isn't signed on? You know, like. It can go either way. You know what? I'm here for either either which one. Like if they want to keep playing back and forth, maybe he comes back for season three or whatever and he plays second fiddle to Layla. Who fucking knows? But like there's a lot of potential for like the manipulation of Conchu to continue fucking with everybody. So if Layla doesn't become Moon Knight, there is another character from the comics that she might become. Um, there's this character called the Scarlet Scarab. Oh, I know that character. Yeah, I didn't know that was Layla. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, and her father always called her his little scarab. Uh, and in the last episode, she was wearing a little like thimble on her finger and had a little red scarab on it. And the other interesting thing is in the comics, Layla isn't a character. Yeah, I know. She's amalgamated. She's not amalgamated, but she's, she's a redesigned from somebody else. But uh, the Scarlet Scarab's identity, he's usually a man. And... His his character name is Abdul Fowl, and Layla's full name is Layla Abdullah El Fowley. So it's like really close. 
enough that it has to be intentional since you're making up this character as you go along and yeah so that's so she possibly will turn into that okay whether she'll become an avatar or get superpowers through another means who knows maybe we'll find out this season maybe we have to wait for the next yeah i just i just don't know how they're going to resolve all this in the next you know 45 minutes 50 minutes the only note i have is steven's adorable fish drawing only had one fin I'm I'm slightly embarrassed by this, and this I've been meaning to mention this, but it took me four episodes to realize that Gus was probably short for sarcophagus. Aww, pat pat pat. Go see Indiana Jones. All right, so make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.